one of my joys of being a dad is every every year, the last couple of years, we've had an opportunity to take my daughters to the happiest place on earth. Y'all familiar with the happiest place on earth? You pay like $17,000. You need a co-signer to get into the amusement park now to go see a mouse. <laughs> and so this is my family. The big one in the white sweater is my Chloe Faith. The little one with the ears on is my Bailey Grace. We're believing that the Lord is going to save her one day and um, <laughs> fix her attitude. Diana says, that's my wife, Diana, in the blue sweater. Diana says, Cruz, it's just a phase. I'm like, no, nah, I'm pretty sure it's a demon. Um, <laughs> but we're praying. We're laying hands. We're pouring oil on her head. We're blowing a shofar, everything, like all of it. Uh, not really. Um, but one of my joys is, is planning to take them to see the mouse because I want to enjoy my girls while I have the chance to. You know what I'm talking about? I'm trying to make the most out of my life. And something really cool happens when we start getting close to the time that we're going to go to Disneyland, right? Um, and, and in our home, a joy begins to stir and excitement and enthusiasm starts to really just move around. And you can hear it in the language, right? You can hear it in the conversation. At dinner, my girls will say, Dad, how much time before we go? And as a good father, I begin to make expressions and I begin to give them a glimpse of the future that I intend for them. As a good father, I begin to say, hey, listen, we're almost there in about three weeks. And if you keep going to bed at 6 p.m., it might come sooner, right? Stop lying in church. You've done it before, right? Some of y'all are still giving your kids Benadryl and they're like 13. Cut it out. Stop. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm just confessing in church. I've asked my kids to go to bed like at six o'clock because I just don't want to kill them. Um, but as a good dad, I stir their enthusiasm for what's to come in life. And as we get closer to it, it seems as if the tension and the excitement and enthusiasm really just starts to build up. Have you ever been excited for something in your life? Have you ever felt the enthusiasm of expectation and felt that just joy of what was to come just surging on the inside of you? Did you ever have a dream? Did you ever have a premeditated thought of what could be, what should be, what would be? I hope the answer is yes, because you and I were created in the image of God. And in the image of God, we are seers. We're visionaries. We're able to look at something and say, wow, there's purpose. There's future. The Bible, you know, says this. There's hope and a future. Amen? And I hope you live that way. But as we get closer, that emotion rises up and gets a little more real. Now, I love the day of, right? Because the day of, the night before, you can't sleep. Have you ever been antsy, right? I can't wait. I can't sleep. I'm up. They're in the bed. They're like, oh, Dad, we can't wait. Tomorrow's the day. We wake up, eat breakfast, get in the car, go to the airport, get in the plane, get strapped in. The plane takes off. Three minutes into the flight, you already know what the question is. Three minutes into the flight, right? Are we there yet? My little Bailey Grace, hey, Dad, are we there yet? No, Bailey, we haven't even got the peanuts yet. Like, chill out, girl. Like, let them bring the Sprite, babe. Like, come on, I'm trying to get everything out of this. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
And you know, when I hear my daughters ask that question, are we there yet? I don't think it's the fact that they doubt whether or not dad is going to keep his word. Because I've done it before. And they're confident that I'll do it again. Right? But I think that question comes from the tension of, I'm not where I was yesterday. I know where I'm headed, but I'm stuck here right now. And that tension causes my girls to say, Dad, are we there yet? About 17 million more times on that 90-minute flight. Now, if we're being honest in here, that's a cute story, but if we're being honest in here, every single one of us has a version of, are we there yet? Every single one of us, in some way, shape, or form, have asked that question, are we there yet? Maybe you don't literally ask are we there yet? Maybe your version of are we there yet sounds like this. Hey God, when's it going to happen for me? Maybe it sounds like, God, why does this still hurt? Maybe it sounds like, I didn't expect it to take this long. Why am I still alone? Whatever your are we there yet sounds like, I would put money on the fact that it's not rooted in you doubting God, but it's probably based in the tension of having to live between here and there. And my goal today is to help you learn how to live boldly between here and there. Because that's what we've been called to do. Write this scripture down, Hebrews chapter 13. I hope you're taking notes today. Maybe you can take out your phone and put it in your notes section, write on your husband's shirt, whatever you need to do. You can follow along on the, on the, on the Metanoia app. I think my notes are on the Metanoia app. That's awesome, huh? That's cool. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6, 5 and 6. That's what the Bible says. <clears throat> The Bible says in the message version, don't be obsessed with getting more material things. See, here's my point. Our obsession when we ask or the thing that is driving us, the thing that unsettles us, the thing that makes us restless, the thing that makes us not be able to sleep at night, the thing that makes you be grumpy at work because you know there's more than you than just that cubicle. Come on, somebody. The thing that makes you feel kind of tense in certain situations because you're stuck there, but you know you're more than that. Is this what, what, what if the answer wasn't a different job? What if it was just a different, like, perspective? What if it wasn't a different scene? What if it was a new disposition? So God is teaching us, the author of Hebrews says, look, don't be obsessed. Don't, let, don't lose your breath. Stop losing your life on getting more stuff because the stuff is not going to get you what you're looking for. Are we there yet? Getting there, when I get there, when I get that, when I become that, when I accomplish that, when I get her, when I get him, when I make this much, when there's this many zeros in front of my decimal point, when I can buy that. The Bible's teaching us that's not the answer you're looking for. He's saying don't obsess about more material things. Watch this. 
But be relaxed with what you have. The prophet Bruno Mars. Listen, I know you're all holy and whatever. But your boy listens to Spotify sometimes. The prophet Bruno Mars said this. He said, put some perm up in your attitude. You got to relax. <laughs> Tell the truth and shame the devil. You heard that song. That word, that, that thought of relaxing can be summed up in one word. That word is contentment. Content. You want to know what contentment sounds like? It can be said this way. Contentment can be said this way. This isn't everything I want, but it's enough for today. It's not everything I'm believing for, but it's enough for today. And so the author is saying, be relaxed, be content. Breathe for a second. Chill, man. What you have today is enough for where you're at. Be relaxed with what you have. Watch. Since God assured us. See, my assurance isn't another degree. My assurance isn't another promotion. My assurance isn't material. My assurance is Jesus. And I can hear an old school hymn. I grew up in old school church, so I'm going to make some old school references. That's all I got, people. Right? But there's an old school hymn that said, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of heaven divine. The blessed assurance, the thing that makes me confident, the thing that causes me to live content. Today is good, not because the material stuff lines up with my expectations, but because Jesus is with me here and now. And I may not be there yet, but I have a blessed assurance here and now. Although I may not be everything I want to be, everything I think I should be, Jesus is enough here and now. Watch, and that should create a new disposition in you and I. Here's the assurance. It's God's word. He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never let you down. I'll never walk off and leave you. He gets his Rick Astley on. Anyone know who Rick Astley is? Nobody. My humor is lost in San Antonio. It's okay. That's old school. Never gonna let you down. Never gonna let you down. We're speedy. I, I can't sing. That's not my anointing. Never gonna walk off and desert you. Nobody? Shoot, stop lying. It was like 1983 and you were just like, hey, hey. okay. Um, you're like, you better not walk off. You know what I'm anyway, okay. Stop right now. That was like your grandma looking back at it, whatever that means. Okay. Um, Pray for me, girl. Stop. Okay. Watch. Watch. He said, because my assurance is in Jesus, not in the material stuff, I can, I can develop a whole different attitude. A whole different attitude. And that attitude can be seen in this, in 
me being able to boldly quote what God said. See, look, a fearful life, a life of apprehension, a life that doubts whether or not Jesus is enough, will have our lariats everywhere. And we'll be afraid. We'll be afraid, like, man, like, we'll be afraid of the journey, right? Of the in-between in time. And I think the problem there is, is this. You and I, we live in a culture, we live in a time where we celebrate. We totally celebrate the departure and we celebrate the arrival. Yes or no? Right, some of y'all right now are like, are salty because you have a couple of girlfriends who just, start, who just got a new man, right? Look at me, this is my new man's in the end, right? Like just like on, the, on IG stories and you're like, dang, man, she got, she got a new start. She got a fresh start, right? We celebrate, the, we celebrate the start or we celebrate the arrival. Mama, we made it. Like, we out here, right? Like, we made it. Like, I, I finished school. I got the job. I bought the car. We got married. The baby was born. But ain't nobody taking selfies about the struggle. Ain't nobody taking selfies and celebrating, throwing a party of, like, yo, my cousin, last week she threw her mama. We made a party. I'm throwing a party this week of, like, I'm holding on. Pray for your boy, right? Like, who's throwing a party for that? And because our world celebrates the arrival of the departure, right? But watch this. But our God, while the world will party about the arrival and the departure, our God celebrates the preparation and the process. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says this. Being confident, being confident of the one who began a good work in you. I'm confident not in the fact that the work is finished. I'm confident in the fact that the one who started it is faithful to finish it. That's what Paul is saying. My confidence is not whether I take off or I land. My confidence is not in that. My confidence is this. Look, if he made me take off, he's going to land the plane. If he started the job, he's going to finish the job. The last time I checked, my name is not Alpha and Omega. Jesus' name is Alpha and Omega. So his job is the beginning and the end. His job is author and finisher. His job is I take off and he lands the plane. His job is to be faithful to do what he said. His job is to keep his word. My job, my job is to trust him. Trust him. That word confident, the word confident means this. I'm going to give you a bunch of definitions. Ready? The word confident means I trust, I believe, I'm convinced. All of those are decisions, not feelings. You don't need confidence when you're certain. When everything feels great, there's no need to believe. But we need believing when everything around us is a contradiction. I need to be able to trust, to believe, and to be convinced. I trust you. I believe you. Let's flip it. I believe you. I believe that you're God. 
I believe that you're God. And if I believe that you're God, the assumption that comes down, like the if-then statement, okay? Y'all with me? If I believe that you're God, then I have to trust that everything that you say is true. Hebrews chapter 11 says this, that he who comes to God must believe that he is God and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, right? So when I come to God, I have to believe everything about you is true. And when I start to believe everything about you is true, I develop this trust relationship with him. And as I develop this trust relationship with him, all the rewards of being in relationship with him start happening in my life. But it starts with, I believe you, bro. I believe you, man. Even when everything, I, but, <clears throat> did you hear that? I'm going through like second puberty. <clears throat> <clears throat> wow. Sorry about that. I was almost choking. Like game seven. Oh, is that too soon? I just lost the whole church zone. I just lost the whole church. I was praying for you all, like. I'm a Lakers fan. So I've been, I've been miserable for the, like the last three years. Yeah, pray for me too. Like, see, we're just, all, we're just all in a mess now. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Watch. Hey, are y'all still with me? You still love me? All right, cool. Watch, watch, watch. My believing is a choice. I believe you. I believe you. I don't know everything about you, but I believe you. Can I tell you, some of us, not some of us, all of us make, I believe, decisions every single day. Every single day, you and I make a choice to believe something. There's a structure, there's a construct, and a framework of believing. Now, what you believe is on you. Because what you choose to believe is what you become. Proverbs 23, 7. As a man believes in his heart, so he is. So if I, like, you, 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 you get this here, right? Right? So I get what I believe. So if I believe that I'm not enough, how many of you know I won't ever be enough? If I believe that I'm broken and no one will ever love me, how many of you all know that what I'm going to get in my life is according to what I believe? So God is saying, listen, listen, I know you're in a process. I know you're in a journey. I know there's struggle right now. I know there's contradiction right now. But the contradiction doesn't have to become your confession. Man, I'm going to say that again. The contradiction of your life does not have to become your confession of faith. Because a lot of us are believing too many what's and where's and when's when our believing should be in a who. And the Apostle Paul said this, and I know in whom I believed. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power of salvation unto him who believes. Jesus brings all the power of heaven, all the power of his crucifixion, his burial, his resurrection. He brings all of that. But the power of that in our lives hinges on the ability whether or not you and I are able to choose to believe that it's true. And we've chosen to believe all kinds of stuff. I don't mean to get all in your bubble, but I'm doing it. I got like eight minutes left. But I'm going to get in your bubble. For some of us, it's like, man, I don't know if I can believe God. Man, I don't know if I can believe God. Okay. You can't believe God 
but you'll believe your homegirl from around the way whose life looks like nothing that you want. Okay. I don't know if I can believe God. Okay. I can't believe God about my future, but I'll believe people in my family that I'm doomed to live my past, their past. And you see how there's this framework of believing. And the Lord is saying through the Apostle Paul, listen, I'm taking you somewhere. I'm the author and the finisher. I began it, I'll complete it, but I need you to check your confidence. What are you trusting in? What are you believing? What are you trusting and what are you convinced of? Because my believing leads to trusting. You know what trusting to me sounds like? And this is a whole different message that I preach like the last two services, but I'm glad, man. Listen, trusting, when I trust you, I'm familiar with it. And we, de- we, we develop this three-step process in any area of your life, whether it's God in heaven or whatever else it could be. I believe you. I trust you. I become familiar with it. And when I become familiar with something, I let it convince me. So I believe what they said. I got familiar, familiar, the pattern started playing over and over in my head. You want to know what trust sounds like? It's the story you tell yourself that you believe. Like the internal talk, the way you talk to yourself, that's what you really believe. You chose to believe something. I played it over enough to where I started trusting it and becoming familiar with it. And now I'm convinced of it. Now I'm convinced of it. What have you convinced yourself of? What have you convinced yourself of? Have you convinced yourself of the inevitability of your failure? And I hear the Apostle Paul saying this in Romans chapter 8. And he says... Another word for being convinced is this. I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded. I'm convinced. And Romans chapter 8 says, and I'm persuaded. I'm convinced that nothing can separate me from the love of God shown through Christ Jesus. Not life or death, not heaven or hell, not demons or angels, not nakedness nor peril, not feast nor famine, not humans or anything else that was created. Nothing in the heavens above nor in the earth below can separate me from the love of God. And I wonder if today we could convince ourselves differently. You're not stuck. What if my perspective of being stuck was just me convincing myself that I was not ever going to accomplish what he said. Oh, Jesus. But what if today I could convince of myself of this fact? I'm not stuck. I'm on my way. Oh, man, I feel God. Man, that clock is fast. Okay, I got to move. I'm not stuck. I'm on my way. 
I'm not stuck. I'm on my way. I'm not stuck. I'm on my way. I'm not broken. I'm on my way. I'm not a failure. I'm on my way. I'm not inadequate. I'm I'm not bitter. I'm I'm not an outsider. I'm I'm not a misfit. I'm I am on my way. I am on my way. I am on my way. I'm convinced that I'm on my way. I might not be there yet, but I'm on my way. It may not be perfect, but I'm on my way. It might be a mess right now, but I'm on my way. Come on, give God a praise. If you know he's faithful, if you know that he's with you when you're on your way, if you know, come on, bro, right there. If you know, if you know, hallelujah. All right. I'm on my way. 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 Wow. I'm on my way. And here's the beauty. Here's the beauty. As I'm on my way, as you're on your way, this can become your truth. And I charge you and I challenge you, family, for this to be your truth. Lord, as I'm on my way, I may not be there, yet you are here. I may not be there, yet you are here. Watch, watch. I'm going to prove it to you. Psalm 23. We've heard it right. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me besides the water. He causes me to lay down beside green pastures. Watch. And he said, yea, though, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Watch, 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 watch. Watch. I know you want to blow up. We're going to give you a chance. We're about to worship. It's about to be crazy up in here. God is breaking. Already God is breaking strongholds. But watch, 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 watch. Watch. It's the understanding that will set you free. It's the understanding that will help you tomorrow morning when you look at her at the office and you have to remind yourself, God bless you. And on the inside, you're just like, Jesus, I'm on my way. Watch, watch. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yea, though I walk through, I walk through. I'm going somewhere. I'm not stuck in the valley. I'm on my way out. I'm on my way out. I'm on my way out. Watch.
Watch. There's so many of us that just need this. I promise you I'm not a cry. I don't know why I'm emotional right now. So I, I don't do this. But you need to hear that God's with you. Watch. And he says, I'm not stuck here. He's talking to himself. He's believing and trusting and convincing himself. And he's saying, I'm not, I'm not stuck here. I'm on my way out. Watch. But as I'm on my way out, I'm not afraid of this evil because you're with me. You're here right now. And God needs you to know that he's with you right now. No matter how dark, no matter how evil, no matter how broken, no matter how hopeless, no matter how horrible it could be, no matter how many times, no matter what, no matter who, no matter how often, no matter how often you repeat it, no matter what the pattern looks like, he is with you right now. And he's on the way with you. Can we just raise our hands towards heaven? Father, I just pray right now. I pray hope and strength and life, God, for every single one of your children, Lord. I come against the voice of the enemy and the voice of failure and the voice of destructive patterns and the voice of haters, God, that, Lord, we're not stuck, we're not broken, we're not hopeless, we're on our way. And as we continue to be on our way, God, you're with us. You stand with us. You hold us. You secure us. You love us. You protect us. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you're present. I thank you. Can you keep your hands raised and can you just pray this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, you're here now. I receive everything that you bring. I receive hope. I receive forgiveness. I receive grace. I receive strength. I receive righteousness. I receive righteousness. I am right with you, God. I'm, I don't have to be afraid of you. You're not mad at me. You're here with me. Thank you, Jesus. And to every voice that would try to convince us otherwise, I declare in the name of Jesus that you are not stuck, you're not forgotten, you're not broken, you're not abandoned. You are on your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Now praise him. Praise him. Praise him like you're convinced. Come on. Thank you.